0: Hello and welcome to My Favourite Work of Art with me, Dr Laura-Jane Foley. Each week I'm joined in the studio by a guest who tells me all about an artwork that means something to them. Today my guest is Bill Thompson. Bill is a technology writer and broadcaster. Bill studied philosophy and psychology at Cambridge University and holds a diploma in computer science. He has an honorary doctorate from Anglia Ruskin University and is a visiting adjunct professor at Southampton University. In the 90s, Bill set up The Guardian's hugely popular website. He is currently the Principal Research Engineer in the BBC's Research and Development Department. He's also a co-presenter on CLICK, the BBC World Service radio programme, which covers technology stories from around the globe. I'm delighted you're joining me today. Welcome, Bill.
1: It's lovely to see you.
0: So tell me, what is your favourite work of art?
1: Well, it won't surprise you to hear that that it's a work of art that has an an enormous digital dimension. Fantastic. It's a piece called Pulse Room, and it's by the Mexican-Canadian artist Rafael Lozano-Hemmer. And it's one of the most transcendental works of art it's ever been my, my joy to experience. Uh, it, it's just it's one of those things where you see it once and it stays with you forever. Oh,
0: fantastic. That's what we all want from an artwork, isn't it? So tell us a little bit about
1: it. Well, first I should tell you the context because I, I, had, I was fortunate enough to be introduced to it by Raphael, by the artist. Wow. Because one of the things we do on Click, which is this technology show on the World Service, is we get to go to the Venice Biennale every two years to look at digital art to report on it because there's so much happening and technology has become so important in the art world for for describing delivering and, and, and creating works and uh, Rafael Lozano Hema was the Mexican artist at the Biennale in 2007 took over the amazing Palazzo Saranzo van Axel which is in Canareggio if you know it an astonishing uh, Venetian uh, palazzo and one of the pieces in there was Pulse Room so I got to be introduced to it by the artist you go into a, a darkened room, you yeah, have massive ceilings, and there were about 300 light bulbs in there in serried ranks arranged ahead of you. Um, each one was pulsating, pulse room. Fine. <laughs> in front of you are two metal electrodes, two, two metal bars that you have to hold onto, and a single light bulb is there. And you hold onto this bulb, and after a while, it starts pulsing with your heartbeat. Wow. It's measuring your pulse, storing it and making this incandescent light bulb follow your heartbeat. And after a period of time, you let go, and your pulse goes up to the ceiling, and everything else shuffles down one. Goodness. And at that point, you realise that the room is filled with the heartbeats of 300 people, of the last 299 people who were there, and you. And you just let it happen around Mm. you.
0: Are you aware when you're holding on to the electrodes of it being in tandem with your heart can you feel your heart beat
1: you can we'll if you see it
0: pulse that's either light
1: if you hold it tight yeah. you can because obviously so you can just feel the pulse in your hand
0: how marvelous to be a part of an artwork so
1: exactly and also the sense of the other people being present you know a, a ghostly form almost that, that they are there with you um, and that you've now joined the, the this rank and and for the next 299 people who walk into the room you'll be one of the things they're experiencing long after you've gone and and that sense of bringing people together through technology really really had had, had an impact on me and and latina hemmer does a couple of things which i think are very special the first is that This is not a screen-based work, Okay, Mm. When people think about digital art, they think about screen-based works. And fine, there are some amazing ones. But this is not that. This is about being in a physical space and occupying it. And occupying it with art in a way that could only be delivered through the technology. and requires enormous imagination and technical skill and prowess, you know, making this thing is in fact you know, an important thing and he has a studio I mean, it's not like he's sitting there individually soldering every light bulb himself there are a <laughs> group of people working together to create this rather like a film is a, is a joint production this is very much a, a joint production and then you can go behind the scenes so in the room next door in the little room next door are the computers that are running it and you can watch how it does the processing and this is a characteristic of his works.
0: So that's something that every visitor can do, not just yes, because you yeah, were meeting the not just the because artist. we
1: were there, but it's it's part of it. Is that where where it's possible? Obviously, in some of the large scale public works, it's not so straightforward. But but with with this uh, uh, and similar works, you can go and see what makes it happen, what the computers are doing. In particular, with this one, you know how how the signal is being processed. There are there are other rooms, uh, sorry, other other artworks he has where he does the same sort of thing, and and for me as a as a technologist and a journalist and someone who who is you know, an appreciator of art, this really makes that connection because because it's by taking you behind the scenes, what you do is you say, look, you could do this too. This mm. is how it works. It's not in any sense magic. The magic is in my creative process. I thought of this, and then I figured out how to use this bit of technology and this bit of hardware and these particular pieces and these light bulbs to make this thing which has given you this experience and which is so important to you, you go and have a go. Mm. And it's very much that sense, you you can go and have a go. Mm. Because when I look at, say, an oil painting, i i know that i could the idea of being able to get that mastery of the brush to be able to do that of be able to take my visual field and transform it into some splodges on a canvas which from a distance of three meters look like a human face whoa that's just beyond me that's that's never going to happen the idea of coming out with a really interesting idea for something like this and being able to take the necessary technical components, put them together, that I could do. This sort of interactive digital art is absolutely doable. And we see that, of course, in the world these days because we've got all these... Very simple computers, well, yeah, sort of single-board computers like the Arduino and the Raspberry Pi and the microbit. And people are starting to use those. It's very easy to get your hands on the sort of technology that 10, 20, 30 years ago was expensive and just unavailable. Now people are starting to do things using these, and some of the things they're doing are are modern art, are are art in in this new genre.
0: I'm interested in the idea of technology being seen sometimes as a solitary enterprise Mm -hmm. and I wonder how the artist means for the artwork to be experienced when you're there holding on to the electrodes are other people walking around the space are they limited in numbers because surely that would if there were too many people in the space surely that would affect your experience of the pulsing lights
1: it would in 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 the the time when I saw, saw Pulse Room, it was fairly quiet. There were other people around, but they definitely didn't get in the way. Um, and I imagine that the numbers would be managed just to, to, make that, that, uh, uh, to make that part of the experience. But you're right, it could easily be destroyed. Obviously, it's a darkened room, and the, the quiet and the, the, the sounds you hear are an important part of it. You're right. The whole thing is constructed and, and, you know, it can be moved. I saw it in Venice in 2007. It had been first created in 2006. It's been around um, It travelled to other places. It is something that can be installed in other spaces.
0: Have you seen it other times? Or I
1: haven't, no. I've seen, you know, it's, there's a video of it and I have my memories and, yes. and actually, you know, my heart, my pulse is long gone, I imagine, unless it's stored on a hard drive somewhere in Well, that's interesting. I mean, what do you
0: think the ethical concerns are of, of this artwork? Because you're store, it's stored for at least 300 visits, subsequent visits to your own. Yes. What kind of ethical concerns are
1: there? Well, it, it gets worse. One of the other uh, pieces in the, in the Pulse series records your fingerprint. Oh, no. that, that massive. Does. On a screen. Really. It does, it does. Um, so, with a heart rate, I'm not sure there are many ethical concerns because they're not that characteristic in any way. You couldn't pin someone down for it. It would be quite hard <laughs> for me to pick my heart pulse, that, that minute of my pulse from that day in Venice out from another collection of them. This issue around whether you're collecting biometric data and that occasions a debate around this, this this intersection between art and technology is, I think, a really important mm. one, though, particularly when it comes to more interactive works of art which might have more of you in them. Uh, so I don't think the Pulse Room itself raises these issues, but they're definitely something which is starting to emerge. Mm,
0: definitely. Well, are there any other artists, uh, sorry, any other artworks by this artist that you've enjoyed?
1: I like loads of them, but, but I think one of my favourites of, of his other work is called Underscan, And that's an interactive video art installation designed for public space. And what happens there is that you're walking through a public space and projected onto the ground in front of you are people, sort of recordings of people, but they're static. And when your shadow falls over someone, they start to move. So it feels to me a bit like walking over a graveyard mm. and as, you, as your, gra- your shadow passes over a grave, the person in it turns and looks at you. <laughs> and it's very disconcerting. But it's not actually negative or ghoulish, in fact, because the people are not sort of clawing at to get their way out of the pavement mm. or anything like that. They are just looking at you. But the, that was actually done in Trafalgar Square a few years back and was very successful. And again, that's another one where you get to see behind the scenes. So the, the ca- there is a camera up along with the projector that's monitoring for your shadow. And when your shadow and the projection intersect, then it says play. So you get to see how it works. Mm. And Underscan is really quite a powerful way of of opening up a public space to a debate about the value of art, I think. Mm, It's a really lovely one.
0: I think the use of technology in art is interesting because we... See these sort of tricks in 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 play and in, in and often in a commercial setting in shops, and they use projections on things, and you go and tap them with your foot or something. And yet, this is being used by an artist. At what point does a bit of playful technology become
1: art? Oh, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, at the very start, that, that play and art are probably indistinguishable in many ways. that's. That, that, <laughs> What play is trying to do... Okay, let me see if I can make this one stand up now, now that I've said it. The line between playful technology and art isn't one you could ever draw. Um, If anything, it's in the intention of the person. So do you want this to try to do the things we think art is trying to do to you in terms of illuminating the human condition, occasioning self-reflection, giving you something which will help you understand your place in the world better, those sorts of big things, Okay. Is it art? Is it play? Well, actually, play is often doing those same sort of things. So I think the overlap between them is far too great for you to to pull them apart. It's more, I think, the point where a playful technology becomes something you're happy with other people to see and engage with. So it's not so much that... It's not so... I'm losing this one. Let me think again. It's that... There's a point where you're making something with the currently available tools, computers, things like that, where you think this will have value if other people experience it and therefore I need to think about how other people will experience it, not just me. And at that point, you can decide what to do with it. If you decide to put it out there into the world as something for other people, then whether they conceive of it as play and art is really largely up to them and not up to you, Mm -hmm. I think.
0: So have you had a play? Have you had a go at creating any digital art?
1: I've done some in the past. Actually, I, haven't done it for a very, I haven't done so for a very long time. I have made little games and things like that. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Dan Hett, actually makes lots of mini-games and that's his way of expressing himself. It's basically his, the equivalent of him writing books or poems. So each of his mini-games is almost like a little poem that you play in a certain way and illuminates some aspect of your life. So that's one approach yeah. where, where you start to cross these lines. As I say, the thing about Lassana Hemmer's work is it's not, by and large, screen-based, which is how we traditionally think of yeah. digital art. It does involve making stuff and making things in the real world. Mm. And that often requires a much greater investment because you have, you have to think about you know, the mechanical aspects of something and the physical aspects of how it will look, how it will work, and how robust it will be mm. with an audience, particularly something like Pulse Room, where people are touching it all the time you know, what happens when it breaks. Uh, so, you know, it's know, it's a very different experience. I haven't done anything of that scale. I do have some friends who have. And it's a real challenge every time.
0: Mm. And what about traditional art? I mean, do you have any sort of favourites in that world?
1: Um, well, I'm a big fan of Titian, like everyone else, isn't me, aren't you? So you know, so that's what I do when I when I go to galleries with Titian. I tend to end up there. So yes, no, I love you as a representative sort of portraiture and stuff like that. No, so art's a
0: big part of your life.
1: Art is is a very important part of my life. Isn't it a big part of everybody's life? I, well, mean, I wish
0: it were. I think people sometimes pass by the the art galleries, especially if they live in London. I mean, I think there's so many of them, and we take them for granted. I think, don't we?
1: Yes, okay. So people don't seek out art, perhaps as much as they should. But art is a big part of everybody's life, even if it goes unacknowledged. Because without it, why is, it, why is anything worthwhile? <laughs> you know, art is the thing that illuminates our existence, that gives us a pathway towards the meaning and gives us access to, to the creative process of other people in a way that is absolutely vital for us just to get on in the world as fellow human beings.
0: That's a really nice place to end it, actually, Bill. Thanks so much for coming in. It
1: was my pleasure.
0: Today, we were talking about Pulse Room by the Mexican-Canadian electronic artist Rafael Lozano-Hemmer. Lozano-Hemmer was born in 1967. He is best known for creating and presenting theatrical interactive installations. His work utilises robotics, computer graphics, film projections, sound, internet links, video, ultrasonic sensors and LED screens. He is a true technology artist. Pulse Room was created in 2006 and was presented at the Venice Biennale in 2007. If you would like to see the work of art we were discussing this week or carry on the conversation further, you can find me on Twitter at Laura Jane Foley. And if you want to discuss the show, please use the hashtag my work of art. The show was recorded at Wisebudder in London. The title music is Blue, from Colours by Dimitri Scarlatto. I hope you'll be able to join me next time. Goodbye.